Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Contractor Evolution. This is Benji. Uh, better late than never, as they say. While every other podcaster in the world did their predictions episode at least a month ago, uh, we're a little behind. The reason for that is we were busy hosting our annual winter summit in Bend, Oregon. Really quick shout out to everyone. We had over 200 contractors there with the spouses that came, with the BTA team that was there, with the uh, the vendor partners that we brought and the strategic partners that we brought. The total event was just under 400 people. We had four days of unbelievable strategic planning. We had amazing keynotes, amazing networking, some great snowboarding, some really good hot tubs. A few people went snowmobiling, uh, some snowshoeing. Thank you to our members that came. It was an unbelievable time. Shame on you to our members who did not. And uh, for those of you who don't know what the Winter Summit is, maybe you should join Breakthrough Academy and find out for yourself. Last note on that, if your flights were screwed up on the way home, I'm sorry. Mine was too. It's all part of the fun. I'm glad you got home okay in the end. Okay, today is our 2024 predictions episode. These are, let me set this up. These are themes. These are trends. These are observations. And of course, predictions about what is going to happen in our little world this year and beyond, in fact. Some of these are kind of more broader, more bigger timescale predictions. Some of these are just my own hot takes, kind of from the head, if you will. Many of these are crowdsourced from our 600 members, from our amazing podcast guests, from some of our strategic partners. So I've got 11 predictions. We'll spend a few minutes on each. Let's dive in. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Prediction number one, private equity will continue to enter the blue collar business arena, like it has a little bit over the past few years. So deals like the one we saw happen with A1 Garage and Tommy Mello, where, where Cortec bought a massive tranche of their business. Um, you know, Tommy got rich, a whole bunch of his leadership team got rich, and now they have a whole bunch more capital to deploy for growth in the future. Really exciting time, really cool deal they struck. Super happy for, for the whole team. I believe stuff like that is going to continue to happen. You're going to see more headlines about it. You, you might even see it in your local market. There's there's a few private equity um, groups that are specializing in this niche. There's one called Black Ocean Capital, which you can Google. Uh, there's one called All Stars, which is backed by Morgan Stanley. Now, why are they doing this? Okay, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, in the eyes of these investor groups, these are actually pretty desirable businesses. Like it, it, it is as simple as that. They have solid margins, uh, relatively stable cash flow. They're they're recession resilient, not recession proof, but they generally do pretty well in a downturn. Um, they are like the the IRL, the in real life version of value stocks, right? We, we just had uh, Matt Wood on the podcast a few weeks ago to talk about value stock investing, value investing, as it's known. Um, you know, typically boring companies that produce a dividend, they're healthy, they have healthy cash flow. You know, this is, this is an equivalent type of asset to that. Um, and with the right systems, with the right leadership, they're pretty scalable. So, you know, if, if you... Th- 
just accept the fact for a second that that smart money is always looking for new markets, new arenas, new places to deploy dollars and get a return. I honestly think that this, you know, traditionally fractured and fragmented and kind of rough around the edges industry is increasingly becoming attractive to investor groups for the reasons I just said. This would have been unimaginable 20 years ago, which is why I think this is a really interesting point. Um, and the reason that this matters to you is simple. You might see some of these private equity-backed businesses in your market next year or the year after, the year after that. You're going to see PE-backed competitors that you are going to be bidding against. So I would be ready to sell against these guys. I'd be thinking through the value proposition. I'd be thinking about how my marketing and sales efforts are going to change and how I'm going to continue to create a, an edge when I'm when I am now competing against uh, you know a, a, a competitor, another business that has a way bigger budget, way deeper pockets than me. So that's the first reason it's important. The second is. This could be a very interesting exit for you five years down the road, 10 years down the road, maybe even sooner, depending on where you're at. We've talked at length uh, on, on previous episodes about the fact that many of these, you know, construction trades, home service businesses typically don't sell for a super high multiple. Um, if you have private equity sniffing around this space with some interest, that will drive up the price for well-systemized, well-built businesses with a certain scale and with a certain EBITDA. That should be said. They're not going to be interested in a tiny little mom-and-pop shop. But if you're in a, an eight-figure business with a good brand and really solid systems, that, that is potentially a very good exit plan for you. So that's the first prediction. Private equity will continue to enter this market. Okay, prediction number two. Early adopters of video are going to destroy the laggards. Let me unpack that. We are in a time now where the average North American consumes 17 hours per week of video content. I tried to get the numbers for the year 2000. I couldn't find them. I think we can all agree it's not 17. It's way lower. 66% of the population choose video as their primary source of information. Thank you, YouTube. 96% of consumers actively look for videos on products and services before buying. So let's just take all those facts to be true, which they are. What does that mean for your business? It means that now is the time to get good at capturing, editing, post-producing, and publishing and distributing video associated to your brand and your product and your services and your people. This, think of it like this, this video thing, this is like a muscle that you need to develop. And I'm saying start developing it now. You don't need to be Steven Spielberg tomorrow, but now would be the time to get going on it. Um, I have this, I heard this really, really great bit from Jeff Bezos on the Lex Friedman podcast a couple of weeks ago, which I'd highly recommend you guys go listen to. It was a great episode. They're talking about strategy and how Jeff thinks through long-term strategy, how he sets goals, uh, how he makes sound decisions for the entities that he runs. In this case, they were talking about Amazon. And what Jeff was saying was that he, he looks for things that he knows will be true in 10 years. So to use the Amazon example, which, which is what they were talking about, he goes, Jeff goes, you know, are, are people still going to want low prices 10 years from now? Yes, right? Are people still going to want uh, easy and convenient and fast delivery? Yes. 
people are going to want that. Right. And, and it seems like incredibly obvious to almost to the point you don't need to say it when you lay it out like that. But if you actually think about this more broadly, there's something profound here, um, which is this in a world where the rate of change and innovation is just so lightning fast, it makes your head spin like it is today. We have to what we have to do is is look for bedrock assumptions. We have to look, we have to make bets on things that we're very, very confident will still be the case over the medium term. In this example, 10 years. And so when, to bring this to the video point, what I'm saying is like, you know, is it the case that, you know, your production process is gonna be the exact same 10 years from now? We don't know. We don't really know. Could be a change in materials, change in tools, could be robotics. Seems unlikely, but that could change. Uh, do do we know that? Uh, do we know that you know SEO is going to function in the exact same way? No, no, we don't. We, there's AI coming out. There's SGE. There's all sorts of things changing, right? Do we know that people are going to be consuming video ten years from now? And and. To me, the answer to that is yes. Like that is one of those bedrock safe assumptions like Jeff is talking about. And so what I'm what I'm trying to communicate here is you are still on the early edge of this. You can still be an early adopter of this, certainly in this like contracting home service space because so much of your competition is not doing this. Most brands are telling what they do when they could show what they do and get way better results. And that is a problem. The other thing that I like to think about a lot is contracting. Your business is very video friendly. Like if you think about the job site, the vehicles, the heavy equipment, the tools that are getting used, um, the weather, like the visual nature of what you do makes for great video content. So there's a really interesting opportunity to seize there in a way that, uh, you know, a, a law firm doesn't have in the way that a, a bookkeeping and accounting service doesn't have. I mean, it's difficult to make really interesting videos about that stuff. But in your case, it's like, man, get the phone out, uh, you know, film the bobcat moving the dirt, film the guy with the nail gun on the roof, film the, you know, film the the, the woman as like putting the ladder up on the side of the house. Like they're, they're, it makes for great content. So I'm saying that this is something to invest in now. I'm saying your competition isn't doing it. And I'm also saying that your business is ripe for this kind of content. So uh, last comment on this, like technology is extremely deflationary. The cost of getting into this is way less than it would have been five and certainly 10 years ago. Um, you know, get the latest iPhone, iPhone with a good camera, get CapCut, get Canva, get a few other simple tools and you have what you need to start doing this. This could be something that's delegated to someone on your marketing team. This could be something that you hire out to a third party. But what I'm saying overarchingly is invest in the video muscle, the video arm of your business, your marketing team, your sales team, your production team, your customers, everyone is going to thank you 10 years from now. Prediction number three, the Canadian economy is in for a sluggish year or more while our American counterparts seem to be fine. Uh, there is very real reason to raise your eyebrows and be somewhat concerned about our economic outlook here north of the border. Uh, we actually just had a great guest on this. His name is James Thorne. If you want to go deeper on this sort of comparison between the Canadian economy and the American economy, you can type in James Thorne to our YouTube and you'll, you'll find it'll come up. He kind of lays this out very, very well. 
Um, I'll try to paraphrase. We have gone through all the same trials and tribulations as our American counterparts. You know, I'm talking all the way back to 08. I'm talking COVID. I'm talking crazy stimulus. I'm talking crazy inflation. I'm talking housing crisis, et cetera. The difference is we have a far less diversified and overall less healthy economy compared to they do. Not not only is it much smaller, uh, there, there's a lot less going on here. Um, we have hollowed out our manufacturing sector. We leave our resources. We leave our energy in the ground to appear more eco-friendly. We have a, a national cost of housing crisis from years of overstimulus combined with underbuilding. We have a moronic and narcissistic man-child leading the nation. This is not a political show, so I will leave it at that. But but we we are not in a good spot, okay, here in Canada. The big domino to this whole situation, which people have talked about and you've read about this, but but it bears repeating, the big domino in this situation is this. Over the next two years, 2.2 million fixed rate mortgages, I think that comes that, that equates to something like 45% of the total uh, outstanding mortgages in Canada, come up for renewal at way higher rates, right? So if people were locking in their mortgages in the ZERP era, right? zero interest rate policy like they're at a very very cheap rate and and they are now uh they are now renewing at five and change you know maybe maybe it comes down a little i don't think it's going to come down as much as people think and i certainly don't think it's going to happen as fast as people think either way you cut it the bank of canada estimates that monthly mortgages will go up as much as 54% so rough math right if you have a $3000 mortgage and your monthly mortgage is now $4500 that is not a good situation. And so that kind of pressure on the household, the monthly household cash situation is something we really can't ignore. Now, contractors, home service businesses typically have been, like I said earlier, have been pretty recession resilient. Uh, but if households are experiencing massive shocks like this, to their monthly picture, I think it would be, uh, I think it's really naive to think it will have no effect on your business. Now, I'm not saying we're doomed. I'm not saying, uh, you know, run for the hills. I'm not saying pack up and, and you know, retire. I'm, I'm just saying that if homeowners are pinching their pennies because their mortgages have gone up, which they will, uh, how would that affect your business? How so? What could you do in your marketing sales and operational divisions to prepare for that? Those are the questions I'd be asking. For our friends in the States, like things look pretty good. It's it's actually surprisingly peachy down there. They seem to have the inflation thing under control. The stock market seems to be fine. We're recording this at the end of January in 2024. So keep an eye on it. But but overarchingly, uh, I, I think the US is gonna fare much better. And to our Canadian listeners, I, I would just I would just prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Okay, before we get into prediction number four, we're gonna talk about my wardrobe. We're making some changes on the Contract Revolution show this year. Look, guys, we've done 150 episodes thereabouts. I've run out of t-shirts, right? I can't keep wearing the same shirt over and over. And we have this really cool opportunity to feature any number of our 600 members on every episode. So what we're going to do every episode in 2024 and beyond is I'm going to have a new shirt, probably a new hat, maybe a jacket, depending on what I'm wearing that day from one of our members. We're going to give a shout out to that member, talk about the story, their business, give their brand a little pop. And save me from going to Sport Check or Zara or Value Village every Sunday before a shoot week. So we kill a lot of birds with one stone. This week, 
Clothing is brought to you by Blue Water Concepts. Blue Water Concepts is owned and run by Mike Van Capel. He's been a Breakthrough Academy member for five years. In that time, he has grown his general contracting business 20 times and become one of the most sought after design build firms in Squamish, BC. They're passive certified. They build some, they work with the coolest architects. They literally build some of the most high end stuff in the Sea to Sky Valley. We are super proud of him. His story is unbelievable. Um, he works with Coach Dan Stab in the Master Circle. That's our high performance group. And we actually just did a really cool case study. It's about four minutes, a really, really cool video on Mike's business, his story, how he systemized things, how he implemented financial controls, how he installed an org chart, how he started to make better hires and delegate things effectively. You can learn about how he grew his business the way he did uh, in that case study. And we will link that below. Thank you, Mike, for the shirt and hat. Let's go mountain biking again soon. Okay, prediction number four. Businesses that focus on the buyer's journey to create self-serve sales processes will enjoy more time back in their schedules, happier customers, and significant revenue growth. Key terms there are buyer's journey and self-serve. It is called a buyer's journey, not a seller's journey, for a reason. The buyer, the customer, controls every stage, right? They're the one that decides to engage and move forward or not as much as we like to convince ourselves our sales skills are so good that we can persuade anyone. And as soon as I get, you know, at their house or at their dinner table, I can, I can ink the deal. Um, I have a different take on this and this might be unpopular, but hear me out. The rise of e-commerce, broadly speaking, in other words, online shopping, um, and, and Amazon more specifically, have changed the expectations that consumers have when they purchase things. There's a much heavier emphasis on, on easiness, on convenience, on speed, right? Like, like add to cart, the buy now button. These things have really changed the, the way that, that consumers approach buying decisions. And my opinion is that the days of, you know, multiple phone calls or multiple emails back and forth simply to schedule an appointment where you go out there and just give them a price. Like they, they can't even, they can't even transact. This is just for you to get them an estimate. Sometimes it's many steps to get them an estimate. I think that those days are over. Okay. And I'm going to highlight three of our Breakthrough Academy members here as case studies that you could go in and kind of practice from or, or kind of follow, follow their lead on. Um, one is called a cut above landscaping. That's acalandscape.com, owned by Jason Hoke. Shout out to Jason. Artisanroofing.ca. So obviously artisan roofing. That's Brad Baker and Devin Crowell. And then vancityelectric.ca. That's Corey Byron. So shout out to you guys. Um, go to those websites. Click around the schedule, click on the schedule now button or the book now button, and you'll start to see how they've actually built a self-serve funnel that customers can literally book their own appointments on. They can book their own services on. Like in the case of, of, uh, of Jason Hoke with ACA Landscaping, you can literally book uh, and, 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 and pay for different landscaping packages that he has pre-priced. Uh, you know, there's, there's a POS built into the website. There's, there's video content supplementing every stage of the buying decision. Um, my point is this, this is the way it's all going. There's going to be some of you that say, well, you know, uh, 
I, I build custom homes. It'd be a you know an, an example of a project where you, people are probably not transacting online. That that's that's fair. But any part of your business that you can create a self serve process where the customer can book their own meeting on their own schedule in a way that's convenient for them. It's going to save you so much administrative time trying to schedule stuff. Yeah, you're going to feel like, well, I'm giving them control of my schedule. Just get over it. It's not that difficult to schedule slots into your calendar to allow for that. I've spoken to all three of these entrepreneurs this year about this exact idea, and they all say the same thing. I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. I can't believe more people aren't doing this already because the technology is there. And lastly, the customers rave about it. This is something that your buyer wants. Whether you want to admit this or not, they're kind of frustrated by the fact that it's very clunky to get a price and it's very clunky and sometimes high pressure to do a deal and actually get work scheduled. It's, it's, it's very under-optimized. So this is low-hanging fruit, something I would highly encourage you to invest in this year. Prediction number five, a focus on cost reduction might save your this year. To my comments earlier about the uh, about the market, we don't really know what's going to happen. U.S. looks okay right now. Canada's kind of shaky. This would be a great time, no matter what happens, to focus on cost reduction. The first thing that you want to isolate is your gross profit margin. Is your gross profit margin hitting the metrics that we would consider industry standard? If you're in Breakthrough Academy, you can ask your coach for those. If you're not... Go try and Google it. Figure out, you know, what is a healthy GP for my industry in this market? So you want to focus on that first. The two things that kill gross profit margin, as you know, right, are labor and materials. So are there systems you could implement, decisions that you could make, processes that you could design that would reduce your spending in those two categories? Do that first. Get your gross margin where it needs to be. That's the lifeblood of the entire business. Then you're looking at overhead. Okay, so a few things that you can do. The first thing that I would look for, the easiest, most painless cost reduction are subscriptions. Okay, I just did a personal subscription audit in my life because I noticed a few months back that my that my streaming services, that's in my personal sort of finance, my personal bookkeeping equation, I have a... Uh, I have an account called streaming services and I, I noticed that it was up to 200 bucks. I was like, this is insane. Like I, what's going on here? So I went through and I looked and I'm like, okay, I have two Netflix accounts. I'm not really watching Crave. I still have a DAZN account from uh, when I you know, was watching the NFL abroad two years ago. Do I still, I literally was able to find in a second, like a hundred dollars of monthly savings just by going through those streaming services. And in a business, you got to think about how many more subscriptions, whether they be softwares or or services or what have you that you have that you have subscribed to at some point and forgotten about, and now it's just a part of that kind of monthly overhead. Go through those subscriptions, look for things that you can cut. I guarantee you, there's going to be a few hundred bucks of monthly spend that you can get rid of right now. Another thing that's kind of interesting. I would actually look at your lease or your real estate situation, wherever your business actually operates, whether you own it or you lease it, is there a creative way? Maybe you sublet a bay, maybe you sublet a desk, Maybe if it makes sense, and probably for a lot of you, it won't, but I've heard of members actually talking about this year. Maybe it's maybe you're downsizing to something that's more cost efficient or it's in a different part of town that's a little bit less expensive. That overhead that you pay month in, month out uh, for the space you operate out of is something that you can apply some outside of the box thinking to. Lastly, you would look at personnel. And again, I'm not saying clear house. I'm not, I'm not saying get rid of everyone overnight, but I, I am saying... Um, that 
you could and should quietly make a list of the people who you could do without if you had to, right? Who's the person whose role is becoming more and more obsolete based on how your company is growing? Who is the person who is just a little bit past their best before date? Who's the person whose attitude is getting worse every month, right? Again, don't need to do anything today, but you want to have the list ready uh, should the moment strike and you need to make a move. So uh, prediction number five, focus on cost this year. Prediction number six, productizing your offer will pay dividends. We had John Warlow on uh, the podcast earlier this year. He spoke at our winter summit over a year ago uh, at the beginning of 2023. Great guest, great author, built to sell if you haven't read it. And he, what he talks about a lot in his broader body of work is this idea of productizing your offer. And what that means is you're it's, it's, it's a brand building exercise around what you do, right? When you're in a commoditized market, and I would make the case, like it or not, that most of your businesses are commoditized. To the eyes of the consumer, a painter is a painter is a painter. A landscaper is a landscaper is a landscaper, and so on and so forth. You, 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 you get the idea. Um, in a largely commoditized market, it's incredibly important to build your service into a product that's nicely packaged and easy to understand conceptually. Um, and I'm going to get to why in a second, but I think it's actually easier to lay out the ideas that I like and, and, and then I'll get to the why. So some of the things that I'm seeing done in Breakthrough Academy and I think are really effective is hiring a graphic designer to build an infographic of the steps of your production process and then give it a fancy name, right? So um, I'm making this up. You own a business called Precision Painting. Make an infographic of scrape, sand, prime, you know, complete warranty, whatever, and call it the Precision Painting Process, right? Uh, Tommy Mello of A1 Garages calls his the A1 way, right? There's the A1 way to install a garage door. And they use that in their training videos. They use that in their brand building. They've productized the offer. So that's a really, really interesting way to do it. The other thing that I love is building a little cost estimator tool on your website. Even if you can't give an exact dollar price, if you can give customers a range, it's still something that's interactive and they can play with. Uh, 505, like the number five, the number zero, the number five junk.com. Really great website. You can go and see how a, how a, a cool cost estimator tool has been used for a junk removal company. If your business is eligible for something like that, it's another great way to do it. Third thing, hire an agency or a video production company, like we talked about earlier, to shoot a super dynamic, highly engaging uh, how it works video. And this video would basically show, not tell, show how the job unfolds and basically um, visually explain in kind of a fun, upbeat way to the to the consumer, to the prospect, to the lead you know, what they get when they buy your product. So it's shots of crews, it's shots of vehicles, stuff happening on site, et cetera. So those are three interesting ways to kind of productize the offer. Why this is important, one, it brings a certain concreteness, a certain simplicity to your service. Um, as Donald Miller always says, he's the guy that wrote StoryBrand, if you confuse, you lose. And I believe that productizing your offer reduces confusion around even the most complex services. Uh, the second thing is this adds tremendous value 
to your business, right? It's This is forced appreciation. Real estate investors and homeowners talk about, you know, what are the what are the best ROI? What are like the lowest cost but highest ROI things I can do to my house before I sell it? So I can I can sell it for more money, right? And a lot of the things that people talk about is a paint job. A good exterior paint job makes the house pop. It makes the lines crisp. And generally speaking, you get more than what you – when you transact on that house, you get those dollars back and more. You know what I'm talking about? So I believe that productizing your offer is like the paint job for your business, right? If you go to sell to a competitor, to a private equity firm, to your employees one day, whatever, you will have more value baked into that asset, baked into that entity by having a productized offer. Prediction number seven, the silver tsunami will create a buyer's market for you. Uh, you've all heard the stats, 10,000 baby boomers a day uh, are retiring. Many of them own businesses. Uh, many of them would have delinquent delinquent kids, crop failures, as my dad calls them. Uh, even those that do may have kids that weren't interested in their business or, or maybe they didn't have kids at all. My point is there are droves and droves of people exiting their businesses every single day. Um, and I personally believe that these can be acquired for a very, very cost efficient number, if you know what I mean. Uh, we're talking, you know, somewhere between a two and maybe a four times multiple, and that's being pretty generous. Um, we're not talking about massive built out brands with multiple locations and a leadership team. We're talking about smaller, uh, you know, million a year, two million a year, maybe upwards of five million a year revenue kind of businesses. Uh, that if approached and courted and if they have dinner bought for them and if there's something nicely structured and they know someone is going to take care of their baby, that is a much better alternative than them handing it off to an employee that they don't really trust or doing nothing at all with it. So I think that this could be one of the easiest ways for some of you to grow next year. If your business, this is a big if, or this is important. Like I, I'm not saying go and buy a business blindly. I'm saying if your business is positioned for it, I think that this year and beyond, there could be some amazing deals to be had. So if that piques your interest, do some market research, get familiar with the other the other competitors in your industry, which you probably are already, get in touch with a broker, call the bank, do some of the pre-work to be ready to pounce if something arises. Prediction number eight, the labor market will not improve. Uh, if you thought millennials were bad, just wait till you meet Gen Z. <laughs> Jokes aside, uh, this trend that I'm talking about is so much bigger um, than being frustrated with the occasional, you know, lazy, tick-talking, blue-haired, vaping young person that drives you crazy. Th what we're talking about here is on a is on a scale and proportion that's kind of hard to imagine. We're talking about major, major demographics. We had a guest on the show a few months back called Seth Madison. Great episode. If you haven't listened to it, go find it. Um, he, he talks about the forever labor shortage, right? And we are in a period now where we're simply not having enough kids in the Western world, right? Um, in Canada, our replacement rate is 1.4. In the US, it's 1.6. That's children per women. That's, that's how they measure that. So we are not having enough children to keep up with basically the population that we have and then the housing stock and the buildings that we've created for the population that we have. So when, when people love to, you know, um, 
you know, bad bad mouth millennials or young people more broadly. I, I, it's it's they're, they're not wrong. There, there are some absolutely safe generalizations to make, but I, I want to point out that this is so so much bigger than that. So what I'm saying here is invest in an employer brand, right? Pay your staff for talent referrals. Um, Spend at least 1% of your overall revenue directly on recruiting efforts and you'll be fine. This isn't the end of the world, but it is a real and significant problem. Get over it and start to solve it. Prediction number nine, this election year could boost your CPMs. So for those of you who spend money on digital marketing, remember 2024 is an election year. When political campaigns begin spending, which they do, to the tune of $2.6 billion. That's what's, that's what's estimated in 2024. Those are political campaigns spending directly on digital media. When that happens, they drive up the cost, right? You need to remember these platforms, whether we're talking about Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or Google, whatever, most of them kind of function like an auction. So if there is another bidder in the system with way deeper pockets than you, that could drive the price up to a point um, that is no longer viable. It's no longer tenable for your business. So the question to ask yourself, and this is an important one, the question you're asking yourself is, if the cost of paid traffic becomes so expensive that my digital marketing funnels become obsolete or nearly obsolete, how, would I, how will I get enough leads to feed the beast? How will I continue to market and sell my business? I don't know what it looks like for you. There's definitely a solution. Go figure it out. CPMs are going up this year. Prediction number 10, salespeople who don't know how to sell are a thing of the past. The 2010s and early 2020s marked a decade of order taking, in my opinion, in the sales professions. And this is not a comment about um, contracting specifically. This is this is way broader than that. You see this in SaaS. You see this in B2B. You see this in real estate. Um, the days of order taking are over, Right. Higher interest rates are likely here to stay. They may go down a little, but I don't think we're going to go down to where we were before. So the funny money uh, is not gone entirely, unfortunately, but it's it's been restricted a lot. And that means homeowners, businesses are going to pinch pennies more than they were before. So my advice to you is invest in high quality sales training. Get your sales team, hell, get your whole team reading sales books. Build a sales culture. Uh, caveat here, there are some really bad sales trainers out there. So do your due diligence, ask around, look for referrals, see who your friends have used or other business owners or colleagues have used. That's important. But this is something to invest in. Selling is fun and selling is cool and it, and it makes you a better leader. It actually like, it makes all your business skills that much better. So I'm really bullish on this. The days of rolling up to an estimate, unprepared, 15 minutes late and just kind of like doing a deal on the spot, those days are over. You're not gonna sell at 45% or 50% uh, just for showing up anymore. So invest in sales. My 11th and final prediction is this. Your Google rating will be your best salesperson. The future of brand building is social proof, right? Nobody cares what you have to say about your own business anymore. The only voice that matters today is the voice of the customer, previous customers that you have serviced. And where those pile up and where those get read and reviewed and analyzed and considered is on Google, okay? So get on Nice Job. 
get the reviews flowing in, set yourself a goal this year of having a rating in the high fours and getting a high double digit or even a triple digit number of ratings. Meaning if you had a 4.8 and you know 86 ratings or, or a 4.7 and 150 ratings, that's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable brand asset that you hold on to forever. It's yours to keep, um, at least until Google goes under, which I don't think is gonna happen anytime this century. Like the video thing I talked about earlier, do this now. Invest in your Google rating now while your competition is still asleep at the wheel and you're going to establish an early lead that it's going to be pretty hard to catch up to. That's it, guys. 11 predictions for the year 2024. We'll circle back in 12 months and see which ones held up and which ones didn't. I hope that gave you some value. We'll see you next week. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, if you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.